Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. No one welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into our show today. I know that your time is valuable and I appreciate your paying attention to your sexual health and listening to this show. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. You guessed it right. It's self-pleasuring. And the reason that I, I talk about it a lot and I would like to normalize it and I encourage it to my client is that it's one of the best way that I know that can help people repair the negative relationship they have with their bodies and also kind of help them to have more pleasure in their partner sex and in life. And sometimes my clients, they tell me that, you know, I just... I don't know. I'm that miserable that I have to pleasure myself, especially I hear that from the women more because but with men, I feel based on the culture, it's more okay for them to do it. But women feel if they self-pleasure, they masturbate, it means that they're unde- undesirable. There was no partner to support them through this, but that's definitely not the case. Many happy, healthy people I know, they masturbate. There are research showing that people who are masturbating on a regular basis are happier in their partner relationship. And this is the topic that we talked about it in many of our sh- episodes. We had the first one with Dr. Jen Gonzalez, and then we had Dr. Steve Bodansky telling us about his his experiences and the teaching he has around masturbation and tons of different episodes that we had around self-pleasuring. But this is such a unique episode because Dr. Steve Bodansky teaches us some of the strategies, some of the practical things that you can use when you are doing self-stimulating that, that help you to be able to have success in it. Because sometimes I feel we're saying that, oh, masturbation is great, self-stimulation is healthy. But if you haven't done it, you might not know exactly what to do, or you perhaps you're kind of curious to learn from people who have done it, teach it, research it for years to learn what are some other ways that you can use to connect with your body. And I'm very excited about this. So this episode, our guest is Dr. Sipodansky. Together with his wife, Vera, uh, has been teachers of sensuality for the past 35 years. Steve received a master's in molecular biology at SUNY at Albany and a doctoral and uh, more university in sensuality with an emphasis on female orgasm. So we can now be more expert than that. And for past 27 years, they have been coaching students as a couple and started writing books about optimum sensual pleasure. They have trained many people over the past 30 years with courses and personal training and continue to do so. He has multiple publications with his wife and himself. And I leave a link to all of those interviews and podcasts and the books that he published. And the show notes, here's the show with Dr. Steve Bodansky. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Dr. Steve Bodansky back on our show. Dr. Bodansky, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you. 
glad to be here. I'm glad enough to travel so far to go. <laughs> Yes, yes, we're so excited to have you. Our listeners, they love the previous episode. We had one on extensive massive orgasm and one on how you continue to have this wonderful intimate relationship with your wife, Vera. So guys, if you haven't listened to those, there, those episodes will be the link in the show notes. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, self-pleasuring and peaking. And if if you guys have been listening to this podcast, you probably know that I think that self-pleasuring is really, really important. And I, I was sharing with Dr. Bodansky in the pre-interview that I prescribe it to my clients because in order for people to have healthy uh, sexual experiences, first they need to have good relationship with their own sexuality. So Dr. Bodansky, tell us what do you think are some of the benefits of self-pleasuring? Well, I think the only... You know, the only time is, is right now. So, and you can self-pleasure any nows you have. You don't have to make, your, you know, make a date with anybody. You don't have to be with anybody. It's, it's free and it's, and it's something you can um, learn to be better and better. It's not something that's like, you know, oh, I, I got a self-pleasure or something. It's something like, it's, it's like you can have the most fun with yourself or a lot more fun with yourself than you think you can. So, um, the benefits, I mean, better, you'll be in better mood, you'll be better, better health, it'll be more fun to be with, you won't feel needy. So there's lots of, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons I can't, off the top of my head, I'm not sure if I can think of everything, but. Yes, um, and why not to do something that's pleasurable, as you mentioned, and it's free, and you don't need any additional resources, and you can do it right now, sometimes it's some of the pleasurable thing these yeah, days. And it's um, it could be, you know, I mean, it could be sensual or sexual, not sexual, I guess you need two people, but essential experience, but I guess you can also have self-pleasure when you're eating food or just breathing, just being. You can just decide to be, have that be more pleasurable than usual. Each moment could be better than the last moment or better than yesterday's moment or, or have it be better than it could be or that it would be. And you just do that by just deciding to and creating that habit. Right. And yes, and it, it, it yeah. seems like you're talking about a kind of incorporating element of mindfulness into self-pleasure. Oh, Go yeah, ahead. I think that's, that's the key, really. I mean, I've been reading this book about habits. I think it's called Atomic Habits. Oh, I read that one. That's a great book. And, you know, you can add on a new habit of having a little more pleasure in your life each day or each, each time you want, want to add it on. But you make a habit of it. You know, when, you, when are you going to do it and where are you going to do it? You can do it with yourself, like, anywhere, anytime, really. But you can also make a specific, deliberate time and place to do it also so that you can create more of a habit of doing it. People will say, I don't have time for that, or I don't know, it doesn't feel that great when I do it to myself. It can make it feel really good. Right, right. And I think it can, uh, first of all, would be an easy way to invite pleasure to your life. And also, it can be kind of a practice for partner sex. I was talking to one of my friends, and she was so worried about, oh, God, if, the, if my lover, the new lover that I'm thinking to kind of like get intimate with, what if he doesn't know how to please me? And if you have the ability, and, I, uh, and we were very close, I shared that with her, that if you have the ability to climax yourself and give pleasure, you wouldn't necessarily be worried about the partner skill as much. Correct. Yeah, yeah you know, I think three or four of our 
books that I wrote with, my, with Vera, we talk about like these different exercises you can do, not just masturbating, but like doing a visual inventory and setting up your space so it's, you know, fit for some digni- called visiting dignitary, you set it up, and that creates kind of the environment to have more pleasure. And, and then, you, you know, and then you can experiment and do different things and find out what you like, you know, experiment with new things. Maybe you like a little different thing, a little faster, a little slower, you know, a little lighter, a little harder, a, little, a different place in your body you can find that feels really good to touch, a different kind of touch. Like I, I've been playing with this, it's called tactile inventory, just touching different parts of your body. So like between your fingers, you know, just slowly touch that very lightly. And you can actually feel way more pleasure than, than you thought you could. And you can add that. And once you learn about your own body, then you can like communicate that to your partner and, and, and they can, you can train them a lot quicker if you know what you like. So that's another positive aspect of self-pleasuring is you're, you're bringing along with you wherever you go with, you know, with somebody else or without. Right, right. So, and I, what I love about your book that, as as you mentioned, that there is this kind of element of kind of hands-on strategies and exercises can people do. So, one of the things you mentioned you would like to tell us more about is about this technique called peaking. What is peaking? Well, you can peak yourself, or you can peak your partner, or be peaked by your partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> peaking is we have the orgasm begins really with the first stroke, or before even the first stroke is. Just the whole sensual experience. And if you have a turned on body, you can feel that sensation in your genitals and your whole body actually for the entire time. And peaking is a way of getting the, the intensity of the sensation to a higher level. And you do that basically by first stroking yourself or your partner and then noticing when they're not, no longer going up, when they're not going for it anymore. And then deliberately taking a break or a pause or changing the stroke or talking or doing something slightly different. And that will bring the other person down. And then when they start going down, then you can deliberately bring them back up again by giving them a steady stroke or to yourself, give yourself a steady stroke. So you don't just keep on rubbing and rubbing and rubbing because the person goes numb after a while or the sensation doesn't get any better and you want to increase this since the intensity of the sensation by taking charge of that orgasm by picking and picking picking somebody's a way of controlling the orgasm well i think that sounds like a wonderful strategy and it seems like you are kind of like increasing every time you're increasing the baseline higher so i guess if we are doing good with ourselves sometimes i hear from clients saying that you know i don't feel anything in my body especially in my genital area i hear it a lot uh, perhaps it's related to shame and all these negative feelings that people have around their sexuality what's your recommendation around that for if if people want to kind of overcome that feeling of numbness well i think practice is really good and not giving up because those nerves are there, they're just kind of dormant or not, haven't been used. So you have to stimulate them and just notice any little, little sensation. It doesn't have to be a lot at first, just notice a little bit and approve of that. And don't go around, I think, blaming or having reasonings, you know, if you're having reasons why you're not feeling, you're already thinking too much. Mm-hmm. So get out of your brain and feel and enjoy and you don't have to do it for very long. You're like, just do it as long as it's fun. Fun, fun is the goal and if, and, and do it 
right, you know, make it a habit again, do it regularly. Again, it doesn't have to be that long, but, but do it regularly. And your nervous system will come along for the ride. It will increase the, the sensation, will increase, it will get better. We've um, done sessions with many, many women, and many of them, like, you know, have, have that experience where they don't, they don't, they don't feel, they don't, they've had an orgasm, and they, they all can actually feel just the kind of, the brain is cut off from their, from their genitals. So by practicing and doing it more often, you kind of like build that connection back to your brain and you'll, and you'll start feeling more, you know, and reward yourself. And, and um, think, you know, I think almost every, every woman we've taught has been able to feel, you know, she thought she couldn't at first. So it's, it's definitely possible and probable. So just do it. I love that you mentioned that like in your history, kind of during this demonstration sessions, you you were able to help women to kind of overcome these kind of challenge of like not feeling kind of any sensation in genital. And my experience, the clinical experience is similar to what you mentioned in a sense that many times people have this kind of kind of always like this uh, thoughts that's kind of ruminating their their mind that, oh God, it takes too long. uh, Why I'm not orgasmic immediately am I doing it right what's wrong with me and all of these kind of chatter can take away the tension from a physiological and bodily sensation and of course you would not be able to pay attention to what's going on in your body yeah and again like those exercises where you're first just looking in the mirror and finding things you like about yourself and touching yourself all over and enjoying your body and then starting to masturbate after that so you kind of like to mess yourself a little bit first before you just start. And you can do as much or as, or as little of that you know, each time as you want. You don't have to do it every time. But once in a while, it's a good idea to explore your body. You know, do, do it for re- science sake, for research sake. And um, it's really something that's simple. It's, it's not difficult. Some people make it out to be such a difficult thing, and it's not difficult. And it and gets better and better. You know, the, the more you do it, even when you, when you get into your 70s and 80s. And thank you for, again, sharing that because some people think like sexuality stops at 50 or, I don't know, post-menopause or post like people have kind of like health issues. But what I'm hearing that what you're mentioning is that people can have healthy sex life up till like like their life ends. And, uh, and I know that uh, it seems like this, this has been your message for such a long time. And I, and I agree with you about that. Kind of maybe starting with touching your body all over. And it's a, it might appear simple, but it's interesting. At time, I, I give similar exercises to my male clients who are struggling with early ejaculation. And yeah. I tell them kind of start with touching your body and sensation before touching your genital and they they kind of get shocked and they feel oh, what, why is that and and I love that you kind of recommending these things it brings kind of this elements of bodily sensation and awareness to your body so that is such an important part of the process that I feel many people skip yeah and another thing I like another great exercise is called connection or connecting your different body parts mm-hmm. and but the, the way you do that is by kind of choosing your primary area, which is usually your clitoris if you're a woman or your, you know, your penis if you're a man. And then you get yourself going, ma- masturbating, and use lubricant. Always, you always use lubricant when you're 
self-pleasuring. Mm-hmm. Even when you're doing somebody else, I always use lubricant. And then choosing your secondary areas. So it could, could be your, your lips you know, around your mouth. And you start stroking, or it could be a nipple, or it could be you know, your thigh, your belly, whatever part of your body you want. But I like my lips. And I start stroking my lips at the same time that I'm using my hand on my penis. Mm-hmm. And I'm stroking them kind of in sync. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take my hand off my lip and just keep stroking my penis and I feel the any, any sensation kind of echoes in my lips. And then I put my finger back and I stroke them together again. And then I'll take my hand off my penis and just stroke my lips, mm-hmm. whole lip. And again, see if I feel it in my penis while I'm stroking my lip. And then put your hand back on your penis or your clitoris. I have a penis. And keep stroking them in sync again. And you keep doing that back and forth like that. And if you do that for a number of sessions, not just one time, but a few times, you'll build like kind of a connection between those two parts. So like when I kiss Vera, I feel my lips and I feel it all of my, all of my whole body because my lips are connected to my genitals. And my whole body is connected to my genitals. So I'll, I'll feel that kiss way more than I would if I wasn't connected. And that's also a way, I guess, for a man who climaxes too quickly, if he like connects his nipple, let's say, or his lips, he can take his hand off his penis and it won't be quite as intense then, but he'll still feel it. So he can like keep, keep the peak going, keep, keep the sensation going, but just stimulating his nipple or stimulating his lip. And then he can do a few strokes maybe you know, on his primary area again. And for women who are, are learning to have an orgasm, it really increases like their they don't just feel it in their clitoris anymore. They feel it over their whole body when they're being touched on their clitoris. So it feels more intense again, a more sensation and more pleasure and more fun. Again, there's no rush to get there. You're not like comparing yourself to anybody else. There's another book I've read recently called Fall by Neil Stevenson. And he talks about this word qualia. And it's like a subjective, sensa- subjective sensation of your body to any stimuli. So you can't really compare it to anybody else's quality. And it's kind of fun reading about. And that's so true because our kind of like our pain tolerance, our tolerance for pleasure, our how what we find pleasurable is drastically different than other people. And and our listeners know that I talk about it all the time that sometimes women learn sex education and men from porn and I I'm not against porn, but I don't think that's sex education. And I think, oh God, in the porn that I watched, it took a woman like one minute to reach orgasm. So what's wrong with me that I'm not reaching and, and I'm not climaxing this quickly and then people kind of that chatter get loud. So I love that you're talking about that. It's about you finding pleasure in your own body. And there is no way, first of all, that you realistically know what 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 it feels for people in their body and uh, how long it takes and what what kind of the kind of experiences they have sensationally. And if you're thinking about those kind of thoughts already, you're not you're out of your body again. You're in your head. So that's a good time to pick somebody. If you're like <clears throat> with a partner and you're and you're rubbing on them and you you start kind of going unconscious, mm-hmm. then it's time to take a break because your partner is going unconscious. So usually people go unconscious at the same time. Oh, that is interesting. So if you're rubbing on somebody and you, you start noticing, thinking about something else besides what you're doing and what you're feeling, you're, you're not there anymore. You're not, 
you're not feeling that touch and they're not feeling your touch. So it's time to take a break. And if you, well, you, when you're doing the peaking exercises, also, if you think, well, is this the time to peak? Well, if you're thinking that thought, you're already not feeling. So it's, yes, it is mm-hmm. time to peak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, that you are emphasizing that it's important to kind of refocus attention to body sensation and very kind of when you get distracted, it's a good time to pause. One of the challenges that I know many people have is that they don't know their erogenous zone. They perhaps they have this expectation that, you know, like general uh, like idea that my genital possibly it, it's one erogenous zone, but they don't know about like for some people it's nipple, for some people it's lips, it could be earlobe. Uh, when people are exploring their body, what do you recommend? Do you have any recommendation on how people can discover their own erogenous zones? Well, again, I think the co- connection exercise is really good. You can create erogenous zones. I think they're all erogenous zones. And um, the more you do it, and like I did a lot with my lips, I, I feel them the most. But you can create, I think you can create any part of your body practically that, especially the erectile tissue, it could be your earlobe, it could be your nipple, it could be your labia of your genitals if you're a woman. You can create erogenous zones. I don't think, you know, some people have been more inclined to have some areas that respond quicker and they can start with those and build on those, but you can add on as many parts as you really like. And that is scientifically also based. In my undergrad, I was biochem major, and I, and I took this class with this very well-known neuroscientist, Dr. Ramachandran at UCSD, and he was talking about, and all of his work is around brain plasticity. And back then, I, I didn't even know I would be this interested in sex and sexuality, but I always remembered his, his story that he was telling the class that he had this client, that like the, the subject in his lab, that he had kind of like he lost body sensation, lower body sensation. And so there was this numbness, no body sensation, lower part of the body it was a male. And he, he noticed that he, throughout the time, he learned this kind of, he was able to reach orgasm by uh, someone or himself touching the inside of his arm. And then he did, uh, he did this imaging on him in his lab. And he saw that like, you know, the, the brain kind of like a structure change and he was like, the mapping changed. Therefore, like he, he developed this kind of ability to reach orgasm through just stroking inside of the arm. So as you mentioned, that it's completely possible to change your erogenous zone. I mean, I would imagine it's not happening overnight, but right. it seems like it's, it's something that also scientifically proven, at least based on what Dr. Ramachandra was sharing with class. Uh-huh. So um, I never tried under my arms. So that's a new place I can try. <laughs> yeah, was kind of, because, you know, with lips and earlobes, all of those things are kind of more you would expect to be a kind of erogenous zone, but inside arm, I guess that was an interesting kind of area that he, he was able to reach kind of orgasm through stroking that. I, said, I remember that Ali McBeal show. Uh-huh. The, the women behind the knees was like their magic spot. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love like yeah. older TV series. Yeah. So I was also thinking that, that when you're peaking, I'm going to go back to peaking again, that a good way to keep a person present from not going unconscious and going away or going into the head is by communicating. So if you're the person who's doing it, you can tell them what you're doing, what you're feeling, and what's going on. And the person who's being touched 
can report all the good feelings they're having too and acknowledging the pleasure. The more they acknowledge the pleasure, the more pleasure they'll have. So it's, it's, um, and if you, well, when you're acknowledging the pleasure and you'll, you'll, you'll still be feeling it. And at first, talking for some people kind of is difficult. But again, the, the more they do that with their partner, the easier it becomes and it becomes like second nature and it will keep them more present. Right. And, and it can be kind of disconnecting experience. I wanted to circle back on something you mentioned earlier about stroking. And you, you were talking about different kinds of stroking. And I, at times when I talk about it with my own clients, they get shocked. They say, oh, what, what are some of kinds of stroking? So uh, tell us about what are some of the common stroking that you find is helpful with self-pleasuring? Well, I mean, whatever feels good. I mean, it takes some little, well, see, uh, uh, like when you watch porn again, you see that they're doing it so fast and quickly. I think it's slow. Slow is almost, you know, better. You can feel each bit of uh, iota or, uh, of your skin. There's nerve endings all over, especially on a clitoris. You can just do, you can do slow little light stroke and just feel that. You can just do one stroke for, you know, a few seconds and just, just feel how much you can feel this one stroke. and you can play with this different strokes by then going a little faster and then you can slow down again. So you can just change up what you're doing. And it's good to go to a, repeat the same stroke over and over for a, a while before you switch it. You, Cause that kind of, as long as you're building the tumescence and the sensations increasing, you can keep doing the same stroke. And then the peaking comes in when you change the stroke and you can do try just putting your finger on your clitoris and kind of just kind of like doing, I do it kind of like Morse code is pressing mm-hmm. and releasing, pressing and releasing. And I found that some women like of don't want their clitoris touched directly at all. We've had quite a few clients like that at first. And one way of doing it is just instead of stroking, kind of just pressing. And once you do that, they, they, you see, I can, they can see, oh, I can handle that. And then, Maybe do one stroke again, and then do one stroke again, and then one stroke again. Again, when I'm doing it like myself, when, rubbing, when I'm self-pleasuring myself, I like to do like slow strokes and feel, and then I even take my hand off and like have a connection with my lower abdomen. I'll just do a few strokes with my lower abdomen, and I can feel, you know, it feels really good. Or I'll, I'll add my finger to my lips again, and I'll rub at the same time. And that will increase the sensation. Some. Well, these are great pointers. And I think I love that you talked about specific kind of like way of stroking and caressing it. Can people implement? Because sometimes when it comes to these things, people don't know what to do. And sometimes they would just kind of like, kind of like I feel rushed to orgasm with using these sex toys that I feel at times, like, and I'm not against sex toys, and I think they can be significantly enhance people's sexuality, but kind of like sometimes it, it reduces people's connection with their bodies because you are kind of like putting this super high intensity uh, machine on your clit and then you're right. instantly orgasming and then you don't get to do the peaking or feeling like feeling your body. So that I think it might have a place, but I, I recommend at least a combination of what you talked about and also yeah, well, using a toy. I think, you know, if you're in a rush, okay, you can do it. But if you're serious student of sensuality, then it's going to actually numb, numb your genitals to some extent and you won't 
be able to get as high when you use your hand. And so we have our students, if they're going to take a number of sessions with us, we have them stop using the vibrators and, and, and practice with, with their hands only because some people have been using the vibrators and, and that's numb them actually mm-hmm. to touch. So they only, they only can get off with their vibrator. And that's some kind of a perversion, just being able to get off on one thing. So we like to just take away the vibrator. And after they see us, they can go back to the vibrator if they like. You know, we don't see it. You can do what you like. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But it's, it, it, if you're serious about your orgasm and about your pleasure potential, those are actually going to go against your goal. These are like wonderful tips and tricks that you shared with us. And we're grateful. I know that this is the area of passion study and uh, kind of like exploration that you've done for more than several decades. And also with women's clitoris, there's different, we call it quadrants, like there's an upper quadrant, a lower quadrant, and a left and a right. Mm -hmm. Most, probably about 90% of the women we've come in contact with, they're most sensitive area of the clitoris is their upper left part of the oh, clitoris. Interesting. But again, you, you have to explore, and that's another thing you can do. You can explore the different quadrants of your clitoris. Try the upper left. Try the upper right. Sometimes, it's, you know, once the clitoris gets really engorged, it really doesn't matter anymore. The whole thing is really sensational. But at first, it's a good idea to be, if you're, if you're a man and you know the difference between the left and the right of a woman's clitoris, and she knows that you know the difference, then she will be able to surrender more. There's another one of my favorite topics is <laughs> control and surrender. In order to have a great orgasm, you have to surrender your body to somebody else. Right, right. And this kind of like wanting to yeah. keep the control at times, get in the way of people being able to right. truly showing up sexually and climaxing and being with the partner sexually. Right. But if you don't trust the partner knows what they're doing, if, you know, the partner is you know, is ignorant or hasn't had much experience, you're not going to surrender that easily to them unless you're really, you know, totally orgasmic woman and it's easy and you can get off at any touch. But if you're like, you know, fairly new to it yourself, it, you know, it's good for the guy to, to learn about, you know, the different areas of the clitoris and, and to be able to communicate what he's doing and, and, and to take control. So, so you can surrender. But if you're training somebody, it's hard to surrender and train at the same time. You have to, it's kind of a fine line. You have to kind of train some and surrender some, train some and surrender some. And eventually, you won't have to do any much training anymore. You just have to surrender. And I love that uh, you talked about different areas of clit because people, they don't even know the full anatomy of like a women's clitoris and what, what does it entail and what, what is it that kind of like part of it could be hidden. So even with kind of education and understanding and of the anatomy and also kind of exploring different region, then that can help people to be able to give and receive pleasure kind of significantly with more intensity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I talk mostly about the, the head of the clitoris. I mean, you have the, you know you have the part that goes inside mm-hmm. the body too that can get in, you know, engorged, and you can you can get to it through the inside of the woman's body. But basically, we, we we talk mostly about the external surface and the head of the clitoris, and there's a lot there to explore. And and uh, I was going to say about the the light touch also. Most women like a light a lighter touch than most men think, and I think most men actually could learn to rub themselves a lot lighter than they do. And they train their, they feel more too. 
if that's my experience. Mm-hmm. No, that is true. And uh, at times when, even at times that when couples coming in to improve their kind of sexual function in, in sex therapy with me, one of the things I talk to them about that at times like do the kind of self-stimulation masturbation in front of your partner so they can see what kind of touch you like and uh, kind of like teaching them about what works with your body. And you're right that sometimes people kind of, they don't even know how to uh, touch and stimulate their own body. So it's important to kind of maybe perhaps experiment with different kinds of touch and caressing and maybe you discover something that can enhance your sexual pleasure. Yeah. And and you can talk while you're doing it too. And sure. And, and, you know, some people like are embarrassed about that too. Well, I, that's definitely a topic that we can dive into in the future. But I, I, I noticed we're to the end of our time. And I am immensely grateful for all, all of this information you shared with us. And I'm sure it resonated. My pleasure. With, <laughs> uh, my, and I'm sure it's resonated with many of our listeners. Yeah, so, and you go can ahead. feel your body without even touching it. You can just put your attention on your genitals and, and notice that there's pleasure there right now. Right, kind of bringing the element of mindfulness. So if our listeners want to get a hold of you, Dr. Badansky, what would be the best way to uh, reach you? Well, Nikki, my um, website is orgasmmatters.com. Okay, and I have the list uh, of the website that you mentioned as well. And I'm sorry, you wanted to tell and us about the book. If they want to email me, uh, at actually, stevebedansky at gmail.com is probably the easiest. Okay, great, great. Thank you so much for coming to our show. It was absolutely my pleasure. And thank you so much for being so generous with your time and this information. Again, thank you for having me. And I enjoyed our time together. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Budansky and you learned good strategies and tips on how to uh, maximize your pleasure and how to perhaps schedule more self-pleasuring in your day. At the end, I wanted to encourage you guys that if you like this show, please subscribe, share, and uh, leave a review in iTunes for us. I wanted to read this wonderful review that one of our listeners left on the iTunes Climax. Uh, she put extremely helpful. I found awakening feminine sexuality at time when I most needed to find it. In my search for similar podcasts, I hadn't yet discovered sexology, and it was one of those jaw-dropping, brick-to-chest type podcasts for me personally. I frequently heard women are just less sexual than men. The end. Not this podcast. That particular episode continued the conversation. Well, that's kind of odd, isn't it? Let's figure out how to fix it. And she goes on about kind of like giving us lots of compliments. Climax, I love you. Thank you so much for uh, leaving a review for us. And I would be immensely grateful if you guys have a, share your thoughts with me in iTunes as well. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.